Thanks for joining the album collection. This is episode number two of our new podcast where we take a deep, nerdy dive into some of the our favorite, biggest, most successful albums in country music um, of all time. So uh, our first one we started off with was Sarah Evans' Born to Fly, which was released in 2000. And for this episode, we're going back roughly, let's see here, five years, I believe, to Carrie Underwood's Storyteller. So these podcasts, we're going to take a deep dive, talk about the songwriters, producers, each of the singles that were released, um, talk about potential hidden gems, um, and everything in between. So if you're a country music nerd, you're in the right place. Emily, I know you're a country music nerd, so you're definitely in the right place. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here, right? That's why I'm yeah. I'm around. So you you picked this album, right? So what, what made you want to take a deeper dive into this one? I think this is uh, Carrie's best album yet. Um, Interesting. Save that for later. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like it. It's called Storyteller because these songs really do tell a story. And that's kind of what Carrie's been known for, like, throughout her career is, like, her, her songs have these characters and usually it's devious or it's, it's, dark and kind of twisty but it's fun like she takes you like into this like three minute story and so much happens from like the beginning to the end and so that's why I really like the album I think I think it's like the best she sounds vocally and also it was um it was like three years since her so I oh maybe more she had like blown away came out, I think in 2012 and then she had her first son and she released like this, uh, like first 10 greatest hits album. So it was a while since, um, she had new music. So like the first single she released was smoke break. I remember hearing that song and it's like, Carrie's back and it's good music. You know, like there's always like a little worry, like, is it going to be as good as it once was? Mm -hmm. And I, she, she's amazing. This whole album is just like, out of control good yeah so you mentioned 2012 she released blown away album blown away album uh and then she had planned to release the next album in 2014 but then she got pregnant so it got delayed a little bit and then that's why it first got dropped in 2015 with storyteller uh just going down the facts of this album it's uber successful uh it's her it was her fifth studio album Debuted at number two on Billboard's 200 chart, uh, making Carrie the only country artist in history uh, to have her first five studio albums debut at one or two, which is it's crazy. Really, it's like mind blowing. Um, yeah. It it also made her the only country artist in history to debut six consecutive albums, uh, number one. Um, so just in, in the country genre. And like, again, wow. Um, As far as the accolades, it was nominated for the CMA album of the year in 2016, but lost out to Eric Church's Mr. Misunderstood. So it just goes to show that up against some stiff competition. um, And I think they were both produced by Jay Joyce. So like, that's how you know it's good. You know, he's, he's one of the best producers, I think. Yeah. In Nashville. Exactly. Uh, it did win favorite country album at the AMAs, if that's any sort of consolation. Uh, certified plat- platinum one year after the, the release. 
the single Smoke Break 2016 CMT Music Award for Female Video of the Year. Um, and then Church Bells was nominated but did not win for Best Country Solo Performance at the 59th Grammy Awards. Uh, that award went to a different song talking about church with My Church by Marin Morris. Ah. So uh, let's dive into some of the songwriters on this one because <laughs> I the thing with Carrie Underwood, she's, she's been around, she's been doing this for a while now. The, I think the thing that stands out to me is like not to say the songwriters on this are great or good. I feel like that's just still selling them short. Like the right. the collection of songwriters that she pulled together on this. Like, I, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, when you look at these, right? Well, yeah. It's, again, it's this isn't her first rodeo, so she's worked with a lot of these people before, and I think she creates a relationship with them. So she knows like what she's going to get, but then she's also one to like mix it up with a new songwriter to see like what they bring to it. So she's good at like doing what we know from Carrie, but then also not being afraid to when she hears a good song, she doesn't really care who wrote it. Right. She just, she's all about the song. And if it's something she would want to put on an album. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the theme for this album too, is there's not no song sounds alike, if that makes sense, you know? And and I think that just goes to show that there's a bunch of different songwriters that can, you know, maybe there's a similar theme perhaps, but there, the story is told completely different because there's these completely different songwriters. I mean, Hillary Lindsay is a songwriter on here and, I mean, she has over 40 album cuts from Carrie alone. <laughs> so if Carrie's releasing an album, you know she's going to be a songwriter on it. Right. But then you can easily pivot to a songwriter like Zach Crowell, who has written Cop Car for Keith Urban, Sam Hunt, technically. Um, he's written Body Like a Back Road. Uh, yeah. Even, I know it's not a popular song, but you and I like Chase Rice's U-Turn. He wrote that. So it's, I love that you know, it, it's all these, these different, these different elements, um, you know, going further down Lori McKenna, she has a certain style, you know, she's a right. girl crush and humble and kind. Uh, there's a songwriter by the name of Liz Rose. She wrote a lot of Taylor Swift's early stuff with Tim McGraw, teardrops on my guitar, picture to burn. So you start, stacking those up and you're like, all right, that's, that's a diverse group of songwriters that are going to create a pretty diverse group of songs. But I still feel like, yeah, the songs are all different, but they all kind of like work together. Like it feels like they're all just like different chapters of a book that go together. It's not like the song, like I don't get why this song is on the album. Like it all kind of like flows. I feel, um, and even like, well, my favorite song, is written by Jason White. It's uh, Choctaw County Affair. And he's like this rocker, like folk rock singer songwriter. And the only other like song that you would know that he wrote is Red Ragtop by Tim McGraw. And he's the only writing credit on Choctaw County Affair, which is crazy. Yeah. And that, and Choctaw County Affair, when you get to it in the album, you're like, whoa, this is. 
this favorite. Is different. And mm-hmm. I think that's Carrie's never been afraid to, to do something different. And that's right. And I'll even go to another one of the songwriters on here. I don't know if you had a chance to take a deep dive, but uh, there's a songwriter by the name of Mike Elizondo. Uh, he wrote Carrie's Cowboy Casanova, but he also wrote 50 Cent's Into Club. Eminem's Just Lose It and The Real Slim Shady. He wrote Mary J. Blige's Family Affair. And you're like, wow, this, this guy can go from 50 Cent to Carrie Underwood and it works. Right. Like, Yeah. That's crazy. And I, I mean, I, I think part of it too is Carrie knows, you know, she'll hear the story, she'll hear the, you know, read the lyrics, all of that, but she knows story she wants to tell and how she wants to be told and i give her immense credit for fitting all these puzzle pieces together to create an album that it fits like it just does yeah yeah i i agree like there's like not one song that i would take off or or anything because it does you know the, the album starts off like on fire like renegade runaway is just like you're in it and it's you're going like 100 miles an hour down the highway with this song and it doesn't really let up until like you get to heartbeat which um at this time well sam hunt was like out but his he lends like his background vocals which in my opinion like they should have just made it a full-on duet because the song is good and i get it if you're gonna ask sam hunt to like you don't ask him to sing back up like give him a verse to sing yeah i in hindsight, I'm sure that they probably wish that they would have. But, you know, at that time, he was a nobody, quite frankly. I mean, he was, I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about, we, we talk about how artists become well-known, you know, before they're well-known, they're, they're songwriters and they're doing background vocals on different projects. I feel and like he was, I feel like he was known, though, at this point. Like, his album had already come out. Was he? I yeah, maybe, but then again, it's you know how when does the album finalized and do they have yeah. that you know I I, I do think they realized you know later because they was it at the Grammys they performed together or some award show oh, yeah they actually did a a complete duet and of like that song and take your time they like did a mashup and it was amazing yeah and I you know my mind I think that was them kind of acknowledging like. Hey, yeah. not that we messed up, but we really wish we could have a do-over. I mean, right. that being said, I think Heart, Heartbeat still went to number one of the charts, number one or two. Yeah. Um, so in, a, in any situation. Uh, the producers, you mentioned uh, one of them earlier. So Jay Joyce and Mark Bright, those are the two main ones. Um, the songwriter we mentioned earlier, too, Zach Crowell, he produced Relapse. And uh, heartbeat, but otherwise it's Jay Joyce and Mark Bright. And you mentioned Jay Joyce; he's produced, I think, every Eric Church record. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder what that's like as a producer, where you go to these award shows and you get a category like Album of the Year, like one of the biggest awards of the night. And you're sitting there, and you're like, I got Eric Church, I got Carrie Underwood. I feel pretty good about my odds tonight. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he, and I don't know, I guess, like enough about producing to know 
like it would be it'd be interesting to, to be part of the process to hear a song and then like to hear what the producer does to make it the song that we know it is today um but yeah he he must like have some magic that he just knows how to change it here and there to make the song even better like to add or drums or more banjo or like whatever it needs. And, um, yeah, I guess we just kind of take advantage of it cause we just hear the final product. Right. And so, like I said, Jay Joyce, he was on, he was on this, um, producing as well as Mark Bright, who has produced each and every one of Carrie Underwood's previous albums. And oh. I, th- I, th- I think that that just also goes to show that she, while she, you know, is willing to work with new songwriters and hear new ideas and that she, she knows who her people are at the same time too. You know, it's, I think it's that Mm -hmm. fine line of taking, taking calculated risks and chances, but still knowing who she is at the end of the day. And obviously these people, the producers and songwriters know her really well as, as well. So. Right. Yeah, and I like I like the attitude she has in her songs, you know, from I mean Smoke Break kinda kinda kicked it off and then like Church Bells, that was like I mean, she's so good at like I said, painting a picture in your mind. Like you can see the characters. You can see in Church Bells like the main character going to church and like sitting in the the balcony. You know, you just like it's so good and it's so catchy at the same time. Like it's good music. Yeah, on our other podcast, we just debuted the Video Vault. You know, we talk about enhancement of does the video make the song even better? And I think what you're saying is these songs start off that way just because they're so well written and she brings them to life that, like you said, you can picture each of those scenes yeah. playing out. Yeah, it is. It's like a mini movie. And that's, I think that's kind of what Carrie's been known for ever since, like, before he cheats. She's kind of been known for, like, a little edgy, like, she's a little sassy in some of her songs. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's what good country music is. It's the storytelling. Exactly. Uh, Let's get to According to the Experts. So, uh, I was able to dig up some reviews on this album. Most of them are pretty positive. Honestly, uh, I'll include a negative review here just to, you know, provide a counterpoint. But uh, Metacritic, which is a source that reviews films, TV shows, um, albums, video games. I think they used to review books, too. uh, Gave the album a score of 74 out of 100. So take that for what you'd like. Uh, The Boston Globe's Sarah Rodman, no relation to Dennis Rodman. Called it <laughs> Underwood's best album yet, which I think is something you would agree with. Yes. Julie Height from Billboard, quote unquote, unlike newer country acts who can sound like they're merely co-starring with their own faddish production, Underwood commands the spotlight, balancing the well-established extremes of her onstage persona, Midwestern Girl Next Door, and Diva. With these freshen up aesthetic frames, which I'm like, damn, that's that's a hell of a way to review an album. I like it. Uh, Let's see here. Um, One of the negative reviews. I only read one just because I think people just like to be negative because they're negative people. But uh, I don't know who this guy is. 
John, let's go, I'm just going to call him John from the New York Times, found the songwriting devoid of bite or pulp. Quote, she largely picks songs that serve as launch platforms for her ballistic missile voice. He wrote, saying they don't cohere into a whole identity. End quote. I'm telling you, it it takes all kinds to go around and make the world go around. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, everyone has their different. Like her voice is too powerful. Is that what he's saying? I guess so. Yeah, that's exactly. That's one way of making a positive into a negative. Like, oh, she's too strong. I, I don't know. Uh, so those are the reviews. Um, I know you kind of gave your synopsis, but just wanted to get the quote unquote experts, which we're going to use loosely going forward. (laughs) Yeah. So moving to the singles, uh, she released four singles off this album. Dirty laundry went to number two church bells and heartbreak. Both went to number one where smoke break went to number two. And the previous podcast with Sarah Evans, Born a Fly, all four of her singles were right in a row. And we get that again here as it is tracks two through five are the singles that she releases and uh, leaves the rest of the album up for the deeper dive. Yeah, I remember like being so sad when it was announced that Dirty Laundry was going to be like the fourth and final single from the album. I was so upset. Like, I can't tell you how good of a song, like, or how much I love Choctaw County Affair. Like, that would have been a smash. Like, I think she sang it at CMA Fest. I think she puts it in her live shows. But that song, I don't know what, who was thinking this. But, like, that song would have gone number one. And it would have been, like, I don't want to say, like, a career changer for her, because obviously her career is huge, but it would have been another side. It was that more, like, swampy, like, country twangy to her mm-hmm. and I think people would have really loved but it's okay I'm over it <laughs> yeah five years later clearly sounds like it <laughs> uh, I mean yeah it's you know Dirty Laundry went to number two good song but you know how many of these other songs would you know there's a good chance whatever she released at that time would have found it was way up to the chart but uh, right. that, that's that's interesting your your point on that song um. Yeah. So we go to hidden gems, and I'm gonna assume that Choctaw County Affair is <laughs> your like crystal yes. <laughs> biggest hidden gem. Um, just sure. waiting there. Any any others that jump out to you as hidden gems other than the entire album? Yeah. So like some of the the slower songs, like the girl you think I am, is a really good one. Um. And what I never knew I always wanted, that's kind of like, you know, touching on the son that she just had and, and being a mom, which I thought would have done really well on the charts. But um, maybe she just like emotionally didn't want to have to have that song released as a single because maybe she didn't want to sing it all the time. Um, other than that, I feel like um, the song Chaser is a really like good song, like underappreciated one on the album. This doesn't happen as often as people would think, but we're pretty much aligned on the hidden gems. Uh, <laughs> the the two that jumped out to me 
uh, was the girl you think I am and what I never knew I always wanted and the, what I never knew I always wanted. I, I think she released maybe like a fan video, maybe a year or two after this album came out. I think just of like home footage, home video footage. Um, it's, I think it's such a well-written and you can tell it's special to her. Right. Like you said, to, you know, maybe in a way it was, I don't know, say too special where she, she didn't want it to become this uh, commercialized thing for her. Um, that might be why, right. but I, I think it's a, I think it's a gem. And mm-hmm. uh, when we get to play matchmaker in a second here, I, I have that lined up for someone to take and we'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, I think that's a smash. Um, the yeah. girl you think I am, that's another one too that I, I think, you know, we talked about it with Sarah Evans where it's, you know, it's hard to picture someone else singing it and right. Carrie's voice. It's so hard to live up to uh, that. It's, it's almost like she releases these kick-ass songs just to like put everyone else like to shame. Like, all right, you're going to release like, a great no song. No one else can cover this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I guess let's just jump right into Matchmaker. Um, if you're playing Matchmaker, similar to playing Matchmaker for your friends, which song, which artist are you linking up and saying, you know, you're going to thank me when you guys get married or when this song goes number one because you cut it. Uh, I feel like, well, Miranda, like, has the voice to do some of these, like, really twangy songs. Um, like, I feel like Miranda is more of, like, a bad girl image than Carrie, so I feel like she could do smoke break, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just, like, carry it more. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of... I, yeah, I, they're all just such Carrie songs, but... Oh, what do you got? Maybe I'll think of something when you say it. So, yeah, the thing with Carrie's voice is, and and I think the challenge, and it's very very hard to do. So we we listen to these songs. This album has 13 songs on it for release. There's, let's say there's nine songs to play with. We hear them from Carrie's perspective, and it's like, whoever's going to potentially recut this isn't going to sing it like Carrie necessarily. Uh, right. So, it, but it, it's, it's still hard. Like once you hear Carrie sing it, you're like, can anyone sing it better or close? Uh, so there are two that I, that I think of when I think of potentially, you know, punching in Carrie's uh, weight class. Uh, I have Lauren Elena singing relapse. I think I think that'd be really great for her. I think she's someone that um, I think she has. I think she has a, a good amount of carry in her. Um, yeah. Th- that I think she might be one that's close, um, close to carry. And then I, I know the song "What I Never Knew I Always Wanted" is very special to Carrie because she wrote it about uh, her family. I really do think that when I was thinking about this song, I'm like, if Daniel Bradbury would cut this, release it, I feel like it would almost breathe new life into her career. Uh, just because I I think you hit some of the higher, the higher notes that she's able to hit and kind of bring in that, that, uh, just, she, she hits the high notes, but she's believable. Um, 
innocent. Um, it, and it comes effortless too. I think that's one of the things yeah. with both Carrie and Danielle. It's like, they're not, you know, trying too hard to, to hit certain notes. So Lauren Elaine and Daniel Bradbury, those are the two that, um, that I was kind of thinking of for recutting some of these songs. So I feel like, I feel like with what I never knew I always wanted, it'd be interesting to hear it from like a male perspective. Like if TR would cover it. Ooh, I like that. It's a little different, you know? Um, I think that would be cool. And then just like to strip some of the songs back because these songs are like really well produced and there's a lot to them, but like an acoustic version of like church bells, I think would be really Ooh. kind of, kind of interesting. Are you thinking from like Carrie re-release it or just anyone? Yeah. To, yeah. I would, I would want to hear Carrie's version first, but I think it'd be cool just to hear like, if it's just like the piano or something playing in the background and just like her voice carrying the song. I wish oh, I, I, I like that's a good idea. I wish I wish artists would, you know, when they release greatest hits albums, I wish they would also release like an acoustic greatest hits album just to right. peel it back a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Or like when when Devin Dawson redid his album in a different key, like yes. that's one of the coolest things ever. And I wish they, I wish it was like obligated, like someone make a law. It's just like everyone has to do this in a different key, at least one different key. Exactly. Especially if, if the album does really well, like, all right, we're going to throw a curveball at you and make it a little right. challenging. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Next segment, we're going to the Olympics, the metal stand. This album, when you know, as of right now, Carrie's career doesn't get a spot on the podium. I, I want you to go first. I, I don't know where to put it. I have a feeling where you're going to put it. So I just want to hear you talk it out and tell me why it belongs where you think it belongs. So I would like rank it as a gold medal and then her album Carnival Ride would take silver and then some hearts would take bronze. Um, I think I like this album so much because it was the, the first album after her greatest hits. And I mean, she's already had 10 years, like a decade of really good songs. And this album comes out and it's, it's, I mean, some people maybe don't agree, but it's better than anything she's put out. Like it consistently, she keeps, she elevates her own game, but then she makes everyone else in country music better. I think that's what this album did. It kind of just like brought the focus back to the women in country music. And she just kind of said, yeah, don't forget about me guys. I still got it. Don't worry. I can, I can be a mom and I can still write and like make kick ass songs. So, I was having so much difficulty with this one. So I looked at it, I looked at it two ways, right? Like, uh, so the other albums you mentioned, Carnival Ride and Some Hearts, you mentioned those would be your silver medal and bronze medal. I think the thing with that makes this so hard is that I think when you look back at Carrie's career, some of her most, uh, recognizable biggest hits, come from those albums. However, when you like when you look at the full the full body of work, you know, f- from first song to, you know, the last song, you listen to this one and you're like, "Man, that's just so freaking good." From yeah. from top to bottom, and that's and that's where I'm struggling where it's like, 
do I reward some hearts and carnival ride for some of the more, you know, legendary songs from her? Or, you know, is this where it's like, no, from a complete project standpoint, this, this is the, this is the one. So I honestly have no problem with placing it the gold, silver, bronze. I, I do think it's one of the one of her three in what order. Yeah. I know it's, it's I know it's a cop out to like not give an answer, but um that's that's where I was at with it. I, I was struggling big time trying to figure out where to place it. Uh yeah. I'm just gonna Would you just, put those other two on the podium, like Carnival Ride and Some Hearts are your other like yes. round out the top three. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and it's like it's hard to say, but like it really is, I think. Yeah, because I, I blown away is a good album, and play on is, but just something about I don't know. Like her first two albums were so good, and then I felt like Storyteller was kind of getting back to that a little bit. I mean, it's it is crazy, and I'm sure some of these other albums we're gonna get to down the road. But you know, some hearts that's her debut album. She had wasted Jesus take the wheel before he cheats, like. Yeah. smashes and then she follows that right up with carnival ride with all american girl so small just a dream last name um yeah i told you so and it's just like wow like i right <laughs> this shit's hard right yeah yeah and and those and those albums too i like a lot because there's a lot of hidden gems on there which we don't need to get into but i'm just saying like Mm-hmm. I think everything she like does, she does like 110%. And I feel like Storyteller is just, I don't know. I feel like maybe she put maybe just a little bit more into it. I feel like maybe she felt she had to prove a little bit more. And um, yeah, it's just, it's solid. And there's good, good songs on there. Good, good songs. Do you, do you think her voice is the best that's ever been on this album? Mm, yes. But then I didn't think that about Cry Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> interesting interesting yeah we'll have to save that one for I, a different day <laughs> she's made comments about that too about like she's noticed her voice change since she's been on idol yeah and i think there, there you can definitely i think you can tell the difference between her first album and cry pretty there's and yeah she finds songs that you know she found her you know her her lane, so to speak. Not that she has to fit her one niche. lane, but yeah, yeah. her niece. Um, <laughs> so, oh, just overall final thoughts. When you think of the storyteller album, you know, what are your parting thoughts with this one? I mean, I think it, it left an impression. Obviously when we started this new segment and you're like, think of an album, this was the first one that came to mind. Um, Really? The radar. Yeah. I remember, uh, like when I would drive like to college and home again, this came out in 2015. So like my senior year of college, I would, I, I owned the CD. I would put it in my car cause I didn't have Bluetooth and I would just listen to this from first track to last track. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it was so good and it was so refreshing. I feel from Carrie, just some of her best work. Total agreement. Um, I love it. It has probably my all-time favorite Carrie song with Heartbeat. Um, so that's that sticks out to me yeah. selfishly. But like you said, <laughs> it's probably her her peak vocally. Um, the songwriting, just 
crazy list of songwriters, producers she knows and has used before. Um, she tried some new things, and I, I think it just really worked. And I think it is, you know, getting nominated for album of the year at the CMAs, very deserving, and could have easily could have easily won instead of Eric Church. So, right. Uh, Top to bottom, I think this is a great album. Uh, and obviously, we're only going to review the great albums, but uh, right. yeah. I mean, I, we, we could try some bad ones, but uh, it's, yeah. it's when, you, when you talk Carrie Underwood, it's, it's hard to think of a bad album from her. So, absolutely. Um, storyteller, Emily's given her the gold medal as far as queer goes. I'm undecided, depends on the day. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening to us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the album collection and we'll figure out which album we're going to do next. Uh, if you have any suggestions, feel free to send those to us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, run raised on Uh, and just, you know, keep following us. We're going to keep hitting these every week or two and just, it's going to be fun. So buckle up. Yeah.